Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kirk Crosby live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the network refused to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for July the 27th in the year of our Lord, 2020. This is our one of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founders. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. We're also convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Hope you had an absolutely delightful weekend full of God, family, and country. I know we did. On Saturday, I had Richard Mack with me both hours, the good sheriff, the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association, CSPOA.org. And uh, we talked about Sam Celebrates Pioneer Day. And uh, on Pioneer Day the 24th, I attended at American Heritage Schools the Trail of Dreams play. Tremendous. American-Heritage.org if you want to learn more about that. Trail of Dreams play about the Pioneers, about the Trek West, and more fascinating storytelling, to say the least. All true, by the way. We also talked about Representative Andy Biggs of Arizona calls for the coronavirus task force to be disbanded. And he further said it's time to quarantine Anthony Fauci and Deborah Burks. Yeah. Time to uh, quarantine those folks, huh? Wow. Amen. Chief Justice John Roberts strikes again. That was a sad tale to tell. Always striking at religious freedom, and that guy's a disappointment. Somebody ought to impeach that judge to say the least all right second hour we talked about mcdonald's now requiring masks at all restaurant locations sheriff richard mack by the way uh revealed on the broadcast on saturday he's forced to choose to either wear a mask and keep his job or take a walk sir yeah is that gonna happen to you what do you do when that happens what a dilemma we're in, folks. Donald Trump, quote, if public schools close, give parents the money for school choice. Amen to President Trump on that one. Uh, by the way, Kirk Crosby was not with us on Saturday, but he fed us a bunch of headlines. And uh, we used a couple of them because they were so apropos of the points we were making. More parents are homeschooling. How will that change education? Great, great question. I hope it means people get God-fearing curriculum into their schools at home. And we reject some of the government propaganda educational realities, huh? Indiana Sheriff's Office will not enforce, quote, governor's mask order. We will enforce the laws guided by the Constitution, says the sheriff. And another headline says Indiana sheriffs in four counties say they will not act as the mask police. That's great news, isn't it? D.C. mask mandate, listen carefully. D.C. mask mandate exempts lawmakers and government employees. So, you know, what's good for the goose is good for the gander, I guess. Huh? No, it's for the, not for me, kind of an idea, right? What a shame it is. New York's Andrew Cuomo spotted without a mask in Georgia. 
Anthony Fauci caught without a mask at the game. He was wearing a mask when he threw the pitch, but from what I understand, there's photos of him running around without a mask on, too. Again, they don't believe it applies to them, folks. All right, we talked about the uh, Associated Press NORC poll. So, you know, like a poll. Nearly half say job loss to virus won't return. Americans are getting pretty negative. Yeah, pretty bearish, if you will, uh, on the job market. It's not looking good for folks. COVID-19 forced telework. And teleworking, now lawmakers in Utah are looking at ways to make it permanent. You like that? Yeah, they say it's really great. People aren't spewing into the environment. and The roads aren't traveled as often. and It's really great. Portland mayor joins protests, but is cursed, then gassed, then told to resign. World Net Daily with that piece. So they were... Um, Cursed and told to resign by the protesters, but gassed by the feds. Man, you just can't win when you're the mayor, huh? Well, maybe what mayor ought to do is stand up for the rule of law, and maybe you could win, huh? Portland standoff with U.S. agents ongoing after the mayor got gassed. We talked about that. They've had rioting every night there, and the mainstream press goes, yeah, we've had protesters, and on occasion riots, every one of these protests are turning into riots, folks. Now, Sam, you're overstating it when you say everyone. Oh, I get it, and I agree. But are they understating it when they make you believe it's peaceful protesters over and over and over, and once in a while a riot outbreak happens? Uh, Are these the ones that continue to call it protesters in the mainstream press, but yet they're literally burning down to the ground government buildings and assaulting cops and literally suggesting publicly on national television that they're engineering the great overthrow of these United States, I call it insurrection. All right, that's a recap of the broadcast that took place on Saturday. It's still available online at libertyroundtable.com and lovingliberty.net. That's lovingliberty.net. Spread the word. Lowell Nelson, campaignforliberty.org. Welcome back, my friend. Hope you had a delightful weekend, sir. Well, thank you, Sam and Kurt. It's, it's good to be back. Uh, great weekend. Thank you. And uh, ready to roll for today. All right, before we roll for today, I want to single out... <clears throat> In a good way, LouRockwell.com. My headline uh, about it is this, Lowell. Lou Rockwell is becoming one of the best sites for real reporting. LouRockwell.com. I mean, man, their columns are just killer. Almost everything we're going to talk about today is drawn from the columns at LouRockwell.com. Got to give a big old shout out uh, to that website. A very free-thinking libertarian website, but at the same time stellar reporting uh, stellar people bringing uh, information to the table that really affects our lives, Lowell. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Sam. You know, I scour uh, about a dozen websites uh, every weekend uh, in preparation for our shows. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, Campaign for Liberty, for example, uh, ronpaulinstitute.org, um, lourockwell.com is one of my primary ones, uh, tenthamendmentcenter.com. Um, uh, of course, I review all of the shows at uh, LibertyRoundtable.com, uh, and then uh, there's several others, the Antiwar.com, and uh, even several others uh, that, I, that I look to, the NewAmerican.com. So they're they're wonderful stories, and one of the one of the one of the ones I really appreciate most about LouRockwell.com, of course, is their continuing coverage 
of this uh, COVID pandemic, and uh, no one, you know, and, and so you, it, it's just a, a wealth, a treasure trove of information that, um, you know, it, it's not foreign policy oriented like uh, ronpaulinstitute.org. It just happens to have a plethora of great stories about COVID. So I, I find that I, I gravitate towards their quite quite a bit amen to that anyway i just know i want to single them out and give them a little bit of kudos and a thank you for their stellar work and reporting so i changed my headline slightly instead of saying is becoming i say has become one of the best sites for real reporting lewrockwell.com and we first find out about the latest andrew wakefield movie lol you may have seen a movie uh several years ago called Zach. From Cover Up to Catastrophe, that movie was made in 2016. It was directed by Andrew Wakefield. Well, he just released another movie earlier this month entitled 1986, The Act. Now, the title of this movie refers to the infamous 1986 National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act, or NCVIA for short, National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act. Well, and... and so this movie talks about that act and its detrimental impact on the lives of innocent children. Now, I heard about this film just last year, Sam. In fact, I went to a fundraising event right here in Highland, Utah, and donated some money to its production, to its uh, uh, development. And so it is available online right now, streaming as of July 8th. That's just a couple of weeks ago. This is fresh off the press. And it is described, Sam, as a forensic examination of the NCVIA, which for nearly 35 years has unjustly shielded the vaccine industry from all liability associated with vaccine-induced injuries and death. So this film dredges up the dirty history of how big pharma manipulated its way into becoming a protective industry, the only one of its kind that is never held accountable for the health damage caused by its product. Now, a lot of people may not even be aware that it exists, you know, that this act exists, the NCVIA, but it remains uh, uncommon knowledge that the NCVIA's implementation is the reason why government-recommended childhood vaccination schedules has skyrocketed to unprecedented levels. In other words, there's only four or five vaccines when you and I were going to grade school, Sam. Today, I think the number is 68 vaccines being recommended uh, at this uh, point by the by the CDC. In other words, the this has tripled since 86, right? Yeah, it really has. The number of inoculations required prior to 86 was less than a third of the present-day recommendations, and this increase is correlated with a precipitous increase in autism. You know, 50 years ago, one in, uh, in uh, 10,000 uh, people had autism. Today, that number is 1 in 36, Sam. Folks, please make a note to watch this movie, 1986, The Act. Amen to that. Hang tight, ladies and gentlemen. Lowell Nelson, campaign for liberty.org, riding shotgun today. Hard-hitting talk at your fingertips. Hang tight. Back in a flash, a whole lot more. Hard-hitting news straight ahead on your radio. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? 
Anybody better having a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. Hey, listen up. This is a deep state alert. Former Texas Congressman Steve Stockman, who moved to arrest Lois Lerner for contempt of Congress, has been imprisoned by the very office that Lerner led. You heard right. Stockman hit the Obama administration hard, and they hit back with the full force of the federal government. The guy who said he wanted Mark Levin as Speaker of the House was the first to threaten Obama's impeachment, exposed Hillary's selling steel to the Iranians, and blocked both Obama's immigration and gun bills from even reaching the House. But Obama holdovers came after him in federal court with trumped up charges and have locked our guy up. Like many others, he was on Obama's hit list. Steve fought for us in Congress. Now we need to fight for him. Don't abandon this wounded hero on the battlefield. Let's help cover his massive legal costs. To chip in five bucks or more, text the word FIGHT to 444-999. That's FIGHT, F-I-G-H-T, to 444-999. Or go to DefendAPatriot.com. That's DefendAPatriot.com. With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Lowell Nelson, man, is on fire. So is LouRockwell.com, ladies and gentlemen. So Andrew Wakefield releases 1986, a film about the act, if you will, how Big Pharma got immunity from vaccine liability this is serious business folks most folks don't know anything about it they got an injury compensation fund that has spent literally billions of dollars for when vaccines go wrong so while they run around with fake news in the media and tell you the vaccines are safe and effective they literally spend billions of dollars in private secret court if you will when viruses aren't safe and aren't effective and so while they lie and say how safe and effective they are, they got a four-plus billion dollar injury compensation fund proving just the opposite. Did you know that? All right, this is how totalitarianism begins. Andrew Napolitano, the good judge, writes on LouRockwell.com as well. How totalitarianism, wow, how totalitarianism begins. Well, well, Sam, you've already mentioned and been talking about the violence in Portland. Now, Judge Napolitano posts a column at LouRockwell.com where he's talking about the importance of the, the, the political freedom to dissent you know, from your government. You should be able to criticize your government. That's why the, the framers uh, put so much emphasis on the, um, the right to, to speak out, to seek a redress of grievances, and to criticize the government. The Alien and Sedition Act, of course, was the first 
law that Congress passed against this right, and that was uh, later, you know, uh, challenged and stuff. But, but this is an important thing. You know, last weekend was when the U.S. Department of Homeland Security sent teams of agents, untrained in crowd control and wearing military fatigues, into Portland Street. Their uniforms bore no governmental, administrative, or personal names, just the word police on masking tape. They descended upon the city in unmarked SUVs and began grabbing people indiscriminately off the street without regard to the person's lawful presence or personal behavior. He writes, according to the account of one victim, he was walking peacefully in the downtown area observing the chaos when five masked men in fatigue exited an unmarked SUV, grabbed him, pulled him into the car tied his hands with plastic behind his back, pulled his cap over his face, kept him for two hours, and then released him. They filed no charges against him. They had no basis for this kidnapping, and it was a kidnapping. Mark my words, not an arrest. An arrest is a lawful restraint by legitimate government authority pursuant to a warrant issued by a judge specifically naming the person to be arrested or pursuant to probable cause of crime personally observed by the arresting officer. Now, that's an important sentence, Sam, that Judge Napolitano writes. He's talking about legitimate government arrest, how that it's based on a warrant or upon probable cause of a crime personally observed by the arresting officers. If neither of those elements exist, then there is no warrant. I mean, there's no uh, reason or justification for an arrest. He continues here, some of these victims were even less fortunate than those who got kidnapped. They were assaulted with pepper spray and hit with non-lethal exploding bullets that stun, hurt, and disorient. The bullets can harm the eyes, heart, and liver. He says, I saw a video of a young man riding a bicycle away from the chaos, and yet he was attacked by five of these feds. And finally, example, final example he writes about here, he says, an Annapolis graduate and Navy veteran asked a group, a small group of these feds by what constitutional authority they were present in Portland. Their response, pepper spray in his face, beating his hand with a baton, shattering numerous bones in his hand. Well, on Monday, that's just one week ago, seven days ago, DHS acknowledged that these thugs and its police and said that their behavior somehow was will bring stability to downtown Portland, and um, and and of course uh, we know that that hasn't happened yet. But there is nothing lawful or orderly about what these agents did. Their activities in Portland are unlawful, unconstitutional, and harmful. They're unlawful because federal agents are selectively arresting folks and not even pretending to be enforcing local and state law. Under federal law, the feds may not deploy police or military domestically unless the state legislature or the state governor requests it, and neither has done so for Portland. These activities are unconstitutional because they are using government force to arrest people without probable cause and without arrest warrants. We know there is no legal basis for these arrests, as they have not charged anyone, and moreover, it's harmful and terrifying being kidnapped, handcuffed, blindfolded, and, and not spoken to, and then released, all for no stated reason. That will chill public dissent. And under the Constitution, the ability to regulate for health and safety belongs to the states and to local governments. 
The feds simply do not have the lawful authority to fill in gaps in local law enforcement, no matter how offended they may be. This, folks, writes um, uh, Judge Napolitano, is how totalitarianism begins. The feds, they claim their federal property needs protection, and the folks assigned to do so need help. And when help arrives, it does so by surprise under cover of darkness and shielded by anonymity. And then the reinforcements beat and arrest and harm protesters because their bosses in Washington, D.C. do not approve of the protesters' message. Public dissent against the government is a core personal freedom. It's American as apple pie, writes Judge Napolitano. It was integral to the creation of our republic. Government repression of dissent is totalitarianism. It is un-American as the governments against which we fought world wars to preserve our core freedom. Sam? And another column backs up Judge Napolitano to a great degree. We'll talk about that. And then I've got a slight disagreement. I'll explain in seconds. But it says this about those spooky cops in Portland. Not only in Portland, but they're all over in cities, right? That's right. In the big cities anywhere, anyway, Judge or Jeff Dice of the Mises Institute commented about the federal agents in Portland, whereas uh, Napolitano focused on the importance of, 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 of free dissent. Jeff Dice emphasized the importance of states exercising their right to enforce domestic law and to maintain order within their borders. He writes that progressives of all parties have cheered the relentless centralization of state matters and rejection of the Tenth Amendment for nearly 150 years. The shaky and infirm incorporation doctrine federalized the Bill of Rights, the Supreme Court federalized social and economic issues, and the alphabet soup of federal agencies created by progressive administrations federalized the regulatory state. Foreign policy was ripped away from Congress and commandeered by bureaucratic deep state actors at the DOD, the CIA, the NSA, and the State Department. Thousands of new federal crimes were created by statutes. These statutes, in turn, created a vast federal police state, one heavily influenced and provisioned by the residual weaponry and machinery of our overseas wars. So, now you wonder why the feds are sent in to quell an uprising in Portland, he writes. At this writing, he says, federal agents operating in the City of Roses appear to be from the Department of Homeland Security. That's true, and Judge Impalo bore that out because they came out and admitted that's true. Well, listen to what Ron Paul, a man of true peace yet despised by progressives, had to say about, uh, say, say back in 2002, so 18 years ago, shortly after the Department of Homeland Security was created with overwhelming support in Congress, Ron Paul wrote this, the Homeland Security Department, like all federal agencies, will increase in size exponentially over the coming decades. Its budget, number of employees, and scope of its mission will expand. Congress has no idea what it will have created 20 or 50 years hence when less popular presidents have the full power of a domestic spying agency at their disposal. The frightening details of the Homeland Security Bill, which authorizes an unprecedented level of warrantless spying on American citizens, are still emerging. Those who still care about the Bill of Rights, particularly the Fourth Amendment, have every reason to be alarmed. But the process by which Congress created the bill is every bit as reprehensible as its content. Of course, the Homeland Security Bill did receive some opposition from the president's critics, yet did they attack the legislation
create an Orwellian surveillance society? Did they attack it because it will chill public dissent or expand the drug war? No, they attacked it on the grounds that it failed to secure enough high-paying federal union jobs, thus angering one of Washington's most powerful special interest groups. Those were the words of Congressman Ron Paul 18 years ago about the DHS, Sam. All right, hang tight. I got a slightly different response in seconds. Liberty Roundtable Live. Pursuing Liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. The COVID-19 pandemic continues to impact the U.S. economy, but National Economic Council Director Larry Kudlow says, I don't think the economy is going south. I think it's going north. Speaking on CNN's State of the Union, Kudlow said the country's in the middle of a housing boom. Retail sales are surging and new business applications are soaring. And he also says another $1,200 check is coming to Americans in the next round of economic relief, which Republican lawmakers are going to detail today when it comes to their proposal. The National Counterintelligence and Security Center is warning that current and ongoing threats and attacks are targeting American election campaigns as well as candidates, citizens, and elections overall. The warning blames China, Russia, as well as Iran. And you're listening to USA Radio News. This is good news, maybe exactly when you need it to. Right now, MediShare is waiving their new member fees. This could save you money on top of all that you'll save each month by becoming a member of MediShare. So many people are looking for a healthcare solution right now, seeing the cost of COBRA plans, for instance, and MediShare is the affordable alternative to health insurance. The typical family saves $500 a month, but you might save even more. MediShare is a Christian community that shares each other's health care costs, and because of the current economic situation, they're making it easier than ever. Apply by July 31st, and you'll save an additional $170 on your first month. I'll give you the number here in a second, and if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Just tell them the promo code SHARE to receive your additional savings. Maybe now is the time to make the switch, like more than 400,000 people already have, and start saving. Here it is. Call 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. Hurricane Douglas hitting the Hawaiian Islands with heavy winds and heavy rains at this hour. The center of the storm is just north of Honolulu. Douglas is a Category 1 storm, packing winds of 85 miles an hour. Authorities in Hawaii say people in the path of it should be sheltering in place. Late congressman and civil rights icon John Lewis will lie in state at the U.S. Capitol this week. There will be an invitation-only arrival ceremony this afternoon, and the public can pay their respects to Lewis at the Capitol Rotunda today and tomorrow. The U.S. consulate in Chengdu, China, has officially shut its doors. At dawn today, the Chengdu consulate lowered its American flag, and Chinese authorities took control of the building. Beijing forced it to close in retaliation for the U.S. government's closure of China consulate in Houston. The Trump administration says China was using that consulate to spy on Americans. And you're listening to USA Radio News. All right, Lowell Nelson, campaign for liberty.org is with us. 
making some incredible points. The idea is that, hey, that's how totalitarianism starts. Government just getting out of control and taking power unto itself that it really doesn't have. Followed up by about those spooky cops in Portland and many other places. Ron Paul telling you about the Homeland Security Department, like all federal agencies, will increase its size and scope and budget and number of employees and its mission will expand and 20 to 50 years later congress won't even have any idea what kind of a behemoth what kind of a uh, a, a monster they've created ron paul's right on that and every point that Lowell made is correct however i do want to set a different thought process of concern to bring up Lowell, and i and i i don't contradict what you bring up but i do want to kind of say this literally these uh, antifa these Black Lives Matter groups who are infiltrated by communists, socialists, and terrorists. They are funded by dark money somewhere, and they literally daily are uh, descending on more and more cities in America, and they literally are daily coming back each day with more and more capabilities, weaponry, ropes to pull down statues and fences and Techno or pyrotechnics to burn government buildings down. And some of these leaders have blatantly publicly said, listen, our goal is not equality. Our goal is absolute abolition of the United States of America. Our goal is to destroy your country. Uh, they literally took over a city called Chaz, they named it. As far as I understand, the leader is a rapper, quote, warlord. Uh, and these people are very evil people. And so at what point do we say, hey, wait a minute, um, this is an insurrection against the United States of America. This isn't just a protest, as the mainstream press calls it. Yeah, there might be a lot of protesters in there. I don't deny that. And I agree that we have the right to peacefully assemble. I don't know that we even have the right to protest, if you want to be honest. Now, don't get me wrong, I get that Peaceful Assembly can be protesting, but when every one of these night after night after night in Portland, we're at 60 nights now, or almost, maybe 59, something like that. Literally two months of straight rioting. But this isn't rioting, though. This is beyond even rioting. This isn't Peaceful Assembly. This isn't protesting. This is flat-out anarchy. You literally have the mayor trying to support these protests and literally getting mocked and jeered and, hey, you need to shut up and go away, mayor, and resign. You literally have the Oakland, California mayor trying to join with these people. And then they literally vandalize the house of the mayor. And these people are saying, let's defund any law and order we have in America. And so we're beyond this idea that it's a protest. It isn't a peaceful assembly at all. You could say, well, Sam, it always starts out peaceful when the lights are on. In other words, daytime, when the Lord turn the, turns the lights on by day, it's very peaceful. But then when the lights go out, then it gets crazy in a hurry. I understand. But at some point, I say, okay, wait a minute. We can't go to war because there's no war. But there are market reprisals and other terms used in the supreme law of our land and an obligation of the federal government to some degree to shut down insurrection. And so I get Ron Paul's point. He's right. 
if we're not careful, this will be more and more and more government turning into a behemoth. I get about those spooky cops, but I think that the thugs are more spooky. How totalitarianism begins, Judge Napolitano's right. But at the same time, I step back and say, what tactics can the federal government use to prevent insurrections in America? These people have blatantly on national TV have set our goals. They flat out overthrow the United States. And you have literal local leaders joining their joining them, holding hands in solidarity with them. And at some point, if you're the president, the commander in chief, you say, I've got to do something here. Now, I'm not really liking the unmarked cars and the we don't know who we are and the Okay, but at what point, do you, what do you do when even the leaders that are elected are saying, we're going to be in solidarity with people that say they want to literally abolish the United States. They literally created a whole city. And for weeks, the poor people of that city were marginalized, afraid to go to their businesses, afraid to be in their homes and or leave their homes to the point where you literally had a takeover zone in the middle of the United States. And at what point do you allow this to continue versus say, I've got to do something now or it'll get way worse. And at some point, if these insurrectionists, these warlords, these quote protesters that are really rioters and overthrowers, what if they get in bed with the drug cartels and the drug cartels have real weapons and they're not just throwing like fireworks and trying to burn down buildings. They're literally coming with an open can to use the phrase, right? I mean, they're coming for serious. And what happens if those people team up with the drug cartels who team up with the sex traffickers who team up with the, pretty soon you might have these same unmarked vehicles taking innocent people off the streets. Now you could say, well, this guy here got detained and he was innocent and they let him go with no charges. Yeah, but he's wrapped up in the middle of and involved with. These protesters that are peaceful need to understand that you can peacefully protest, that's right. But if you don't go home at some point when the lights go off, and the thugs take over and there's flat out war in the street with literally burned buildings and melting down. You aren't a protester anymore. You are aiding and abetting flat out thugs. Lowell, your thoughts. Yeah, it's made even more complicated, Sam, because uh, these mayors and governors, some of them, well, many of them, I think, um, do not want the, I, I mean, like you said, they agree with the aims and goals of these violent thugs, they they want, uh, well, their their motivation probably is to see that Trump is not reelected this fall. <clears throat> and so they want to uh, encourage this looting, rioting, uh, and destruction of property because they will contribute to uh, the continued slowdown of the economy. And it will make uh, Trump look impotent because everybody expects the president to be uh, a man with the, with the answers, a man of action, and um, you know if he follows his constitutional mandate to, to you know stay keep his hands off unless he's invited to jump in by the governor or by the legislature of, of a state, then he's he's uh, you know he's damned if he does uh, jump in because. It, 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 it can be seen as being violative of the Constitution, and, but he's damned if he doesn't step in because of the reasons you just mentioned. Um, and so this is a, I believe it's a gambit uh, being played by the left, the hard left. Not only do they want to destroy America, but they want to tarnish and dim uh, Trump's reelection hopes. 
there's a political motivation, there's monetary perverse incentives, because these people, these protesters, they're professional thugs being paid to come into a town and, and rip it up. And then you've got, um, and, and then you've got the, the law and order people who uh, feel somewhat helpless because, you know, in a big town like that, they're pretty much outnumbered by the thugs. I was just going to suggest that the western, uh, well, the more rural areas, we've, heard, we've also talked about news reports of, of law-abiding citizens arming themselves and just standing guard over their downtown and the thugs just walking on by because they didn't want Yeah, but now what happens in Missouri, if you're on your home in a gated community and the thugs start coming by your house and you brandish a weapon and say, move along, uh, then now the people in trouble are the people that were defending their castle. The thugs are running free. This is the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Yeah. That at what point then do you say, well, hey, I'm the president. I'm going to do nothing here because they have the right to protest. They do not have the right when the lights go out to riot, destroy property. They've literally been harming police officers left and right. They've been destroying government property, the mayors and the and some of these city officials. And it turns out that a lot of the education people have been caught now being involved flat out in the violent acts and insurrections. People that are involved with teachers unions and everything else. These are the unions in bed with local government officials in bed with the thugs. And at some point, if you're the president, you better get a handle on this, or I'm telling you, they'll team up with the drug cartels, and you'll have nothing but an inability to stop anything at that point. So I, I don't want the heavy hand of the feds. But when the people are this wicked, and we're, when we're being betrayed by those who have sworn an oath to an office in this country based on being elected or whatever you want to say, and they literally undermine that oath publicly, I think you ought to arrest some of these leaders, some of these mayors, and just say, you know what? You're not going to be part of the insurrection as an elected official. You're not doing that. And at some point, we need to get a handle on this. And so even though I don't want the heavy hand of government, the wickedness in America has almost forced this to come to the forefront. We have elected leaders that have sworn an oath and then betrayed that oath publicly in front of the people. And now we say, oh, the president better have a light hand. He better stay out of it. To some degree, I don't think so. You've even got good people wanting to join Black Lives Matters because they feel like the police are too heavy-handed. I don't disagree. But if you're not very careful, whose side who are you really on? <laughs> I, for one, want to be on the Lord's side who. That's who. And I'm telling you right now, it's not violence when the light goes out for me. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. Have we realized the assault against our lives our liberties, our faith. To defeat this assault, Christians and all people of goodwill 
should have strategies to prevail in our faith and principles, which are simple. No need for a complex formula. One goal, one aim. A strategy like the heroic Christians of the past. We win, they lose. Nothing less. Big Q, Little Q. The Calm Before the Storm by a friend of Megagoria. The Strategy of Heaven Revealed. Big Q, Little Q. The Calm Before the Storm. Available on Amazon.com or by calling Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there is uh, alternate narratives going on, and there's different understandings going on. I'm not trying to oppose Judge Napolitano or Lowell Nelson or Ron Paul or any of these experts. Jeff um, Deist, I think is how you say it. I'm not against anything they're saying. I agree, and it's a very big concern. At the same time, this other story needs to be told. I think it can't really be articulated we can't just say that the black lives matter the antifa the terrorists the rioting oh it's okay because people have a right to peacefully assemble that isn't accurate that isn't a fair narrative either and on one hand you know what you don't want the heavy-handed government but do you really want your leaders who you duly elected to betray their oaths of office and literally destroy us from the inside and help them you've got big business dollars flowing to these people You've got, okay, what is the president to do? I would stop the flow of money to them in a heartbeat. Secondly, I would use the county sheriffs backed by citizens' posses, and I'd put snipers on the roof and say, you know what, if you guys don't go home after dark, I'm telling you, we'll shoot you. Okay, not because we want to shoot you, but look, we're not going to let government buildings be destroyed. We're not going to let police officers and, and people serving their country to be harmed. We're not going to do this anymore. It's time to go home, and anybody who's peaceful, I'm telling you right now, you've got 30 minutes to be out of here. And if you're not gone, we're going to consider you part of this government overthrow. And you can say, Sam, that's way too harsh. And my response is, hey, you know what? What happens if we don't do something? Where will this be in five years? Will we have protests for five years that are really riots and insurrectionists to the point where eventually we won't be able to stop them at all? Okay, I'm telling you right now, this narrative about, hey, the government's always the bad guy and the government always is the, the biggest fear. That's not always true. The proper role of constitutional limited government is your friend. And is President Trump obeying the Constitution when he puts these people on the streets to stop insurrections? Hey, the mayor didn't even let Chaz stop. If you lived in Chaz, a taken over section of your city, Seattle, you literally couldn't even go home or leave your home without absolute terror fear. And the mayor's like, hey, man, it's kind of like a block party down here. We're having a good time. Are you off your rocker crazy? Okay, this is what I'm talking about. Anyway, I digress. I'll let you have one more comment, then we'll move on because we have other topics, Lowell. But I'm telling you, this topic's hot, and this topic needs to be dealt with sooner than later. And I, I get both sides, but I can't just have one side told and not speak up for the other concerns that are absolutely legitimate. Valid perspective, Sam, absolutely. I think we need to also... Uh, blame the citizens of the state of, of Oregon and, and the citizens of Portland. I mean, they are the ones who put that person in power, the governor in power. They are the ones who elected the mayor. They are the ones who um, are 
on the mayor to do the right thing and on the governor to do the right thing and on the state legislators to do the yeah, right thing. Yeah, the problem thing. is with the way the media spins it, the citizens don't really understand what I've just articulated, though. They just think, hey, there's some bad apples here, but we never want the government to crack down too hard. They don't realize that it's a clear, funded, trained insurrection. That ain't the same as a bunch of go uh, people going, hey, we wanted to peacefully protest and a couple of bad guys did uh, some bad things. Look, when this is sustained for 60 days, you can't tell me it isn't funded by serious money. When this is literally ratcheting up over and over and the cops can't even stop the rioters and the pillagers and the thugs, they've got organization and training. Okay, this isn't peaceful people. It isn't true. But the people aren't really told the reality and so they're kind of still in this fairyland Going, well, yeah, you know, they have a right to peacefully be there. And, and, you know, the cops oftentimes are too heavy-handed. We've been trained and indoctrinated that way for decades. And a lot of it's true. But at the same time now, that very indoctrination and training and understanding that is right in, in, in reality is now turned on its head and people don't get the difference. Because of the training and funding backing these intentionalists. Their intention? To literally abolish the United States, sir. That isn't the same game, and the citizens don't really realize that. So I agree that they're responsible. I also agree it's hard to hold them accountable. Yeah, any destruction of property is wrong, though. I mean, and so the very first moment that someone threw a brick through the window of a downtown store, that person needs to be arrested. And if the police won't do it because the mayor tells them not to, that mayor should go. And the citizens should, should just you know, give him 48 hours or whatever to change his tune and then throw him out of office. I mean, it's that serious. So I, I You're right about that, that fact. I agree completely. Yeah. yeah. They, they, they really ought to take this bull by the horns and do something instead of sitting around and waiting for the federal government to come swooping in and solve the problem for them. We citizens bear the responsibility for our own government. And when we, when we neglect that responsibility, walk away from it, then we, you know, kind of deserve what we get, unfortunately. Amen to that. John Rappaport, does wearing a mask cause diagnostic tests to read, quote, false positive for COVID, he asks? Wise question, Lowell. Yeah, this is a great column, and I'm just going to hit the highlight of his column. He says, suppose that uh, these antibody tests and the viral tests that you, that you take, these COVID tests, Suppose they turn out false positive results because people are wearing a, a, a diaper, I mean a mask every day, okay, over their face. It's, just suppose that's possible. And he says, actually, it's really quite simple. Not only is it possible, but it's very likely that a person wearing a mask is breathing in his own germs all day long. He breathes them out, of course, as he should, but they're caught by the mask, those pathogens, and then recirculated right back into his respiratory system. And what happens then is you have, it, it's unnatural, right? Because God didn't make us with a mask. If he, if he had, well, he did. That's why I look like me and you look like you, but that's a different topic. <laughs> if he wanted us to have a mask, he would have given us gills or something, but he didn't. He expected the exhalation of air to, to con, you know, containing those pathogens and germ life to be exhaled and be, be gone, right? Be, because air and sunlight dissipate and kill these germs faster than anything well so not only is there a decrease of oxygen intake when a person wears a mask but these germs that are caught in the mask multiply basically have a petri dish on your muzzle 
right, when you're breathing, when, when you're wearing a mask all day long. And so, and so for these reasons, uh, John Rappaport is saying that we're actually increasing the likelihood of an infection in the body. Now, these germs replicating in the body, um, they increase the likelihood of a false positive in a viral test or, a PC, or an antibody test. It increases the likelihood of that test result being coming back positive. How so? Well, he goes into a lot of detail here, but the bottom line is, the summary is, that COVID looks a lot like the ordinary coronaviruses with which we are familiar. And these tests cannot easily tell the difference between COVID-19 and other versions or flavors of the coronavirus. And so what's happening? Well, because so many more people are mandating this, this mask wearing, then more people are testing positive for COVID. Hey, that's number one angle that in John Rappaport's article, number two angle, is he says there is a financial incentive from the feds to the states for every COVID case. Now, this will just knock your socks off, but there's $30 billion rolled out by the feds as emergency funding designated for hospitals you who know, are dealing with COVID. And so there's a, there's a breakdown here of, of hundreds of thousands of dollars going to a state per COVID case. Alabama, for example, 158000 per COVID-19 case. Okay, this is not a death. It's a case, a case count, right? This is one of the reasons why people, these states, are inflating their case counts because they're going to get money. From the feds, Utah, by the way, because we both live in Utah, Sam, $94,000 per COVID case, right, from the feds. So there's this monetary incentive. I just dashed off. Wait a minute. Say that number again. $94,000 per COVID-19 case in Utah. Now, this, according to this article, um, uh, it's a, it, this is how much funding for COVID-19 case each state will receive from the first $30 billion in aid. This, these, this is tabulated by the New York Times. Okay, so the Kaiser Health News used a state breakdown provided to the House Ways and Means Committee by Health and Human, uh, Health and uh, HHS, that's the Health and Human Services, along with COVID-19 cases tabulated by the New York Times for its analysis. So, bottom line is, there's a perverse incentive to increase case counts, and, and, then, and, and so governors are mandating case counts because they want more money from the feds. $94,000 per case to coming to Utah. And, 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 and what, what else? Uh, Delaware, $127,000. Mississippi, $166,000. New Hampshire, $201,000. The list goes on and on. Well, why do different states get different amounts per case? Yeah, because it's based on the initial, it's based on the Medicare revenue share, historical share rev, Medicare revenue. Not The first round of grants is based on historical share Medicare revenue, not on the actual burden. But the second round of funding will be based on the case count. That's what this story is saying. And so I, I asked John Dougal, our auditor, in an email just moments ago, I said, John, how much money is the state of Utah getting from the feds because of COVID? And, you know, next week by this time, I should have a pretty good idea of how much money is coming in the door 
And uh, whether that's based on case count or on Medicare share uh, revenue or whatever, but uh, I'm just telling you, Sam, I think this is one of the um, – we've got to follow the money, right? That's what you did in the Portland violence. You followed the money. These people are being paid to come in and and destroy property. I couldn't well, agree more. In fact, the next article says, Truth, conspiracy, or snafu, you decide, highlighting this very point. Yeah, and so how do they get case counts up? Well, they begin treating infections like cases. Listen to this headline. The United States marked a record number of coronavirus cases Friday for the third consecutive day, noting 77,000 new infections in 24 hours. Notice how loose they are with the terms cases and infections. Are they re- are there cases or are they infections? Well, they're simply infections, not cases. Traditionally, a distinction is made between an infection and a disease, right? You've got to manifest some symptoms be counted as a case but they're not doing that sam they're counting an infection like a case and not only this but 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 if you get infected today because you take a test today and then next week you're all you're you come back with another test positive for covid that's two infections sam that's two cases and you're only one person 14 tests over a two-week period, which is common practice in tracking this infection, and if they're all positive, then that one patient shows up in the records as 14 separate infections. 14 cases, Sam. This is perverse. And John Rappaport brings us to light in his article here at LouRockwell.com. It's more than perverse. I wish we could get to the rest of the stuff you had to talk about. You just got some killer stuff, lol. I'll try to get a hold of you, and we'll have you back ASAP uh, to talk more about these items. I'll save them, okay? You're great, Sam. Appreciate you, man. Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, doing a phenomenal job as always. We thank him for his contributions and stellar uh, detailed analysis on stories of the day, tying it to solutions. I cannot let go of what he finally says. The last line from the notes from Lowell Nelson says, hey, this is Solutions Radio, right? Liberty Roundtable? Then let's hear what God says. God says if we repent and turn to him, he'll heal our land and protect us. Amen, sir. God save the republic. Broadcasting live. From atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans, Sam Bushman and Kirk Crosby, live on your radio, hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt continues now. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the broadcast for July 27th in the year of our Lord, 2020. This is our two of two, and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our Founding Fathers. Yes, indeed, the checks and balances put in place by the Founding Fathers, absolutely brilliant, one of the peaceful solutions we still have at our fingertips. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. Kirk Crosby's with me. Welcome, sir. Buenos dias. Greetings and salutations. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Thank you, Sam. And the good doctor with us. Welcome back, Dr. Scott Bradley. Thank you very much. Always good to start the week with you guys. 
We had a conversation with Lowell Nelson last hour a little bit, and there's a lot of columns being written and a lot of points being made by patriots and conservatives that says, hey, you know, the government's got too big of a heavy hand on these protesters. And that's how uh, totalitarianism starts. That's what Judge Napolitano's saying. Ron Paul's saying, hey, Homeland Security's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And 20 to 50 years later, you don't even know what the behemoth monster really is. And I think they're right on those points, Dr. Bradley. And I do think we need to be very careful about the heavy hand of government. That's always been the case. Government always takes power unto itself. Government always gets out of control. And I agree with those general points. However... When I see the insurrection that's taking place in the Republic today, literally they took over a whole section of Seattle, called it Chaz. It happened for weeks. The mayor thought it was like a block party. But these people uh, <coughs> are taking advantage of people who want to peacefully assemble. People who have a just cause to say, hey, the cops are out of control. Uh, let's do something about it. But now they're pushing to defund the police entirely. And they're pushing to change the game. And what you've got is you've got terrorists, insurrectionists, overthrow agents. They've been at this, for example, in Portland or some of these places, Seattle, and for over 60 days. And they're literally funded and trained, and they're destroying property. They're violent. They're hurting people. And they literally have now said on national television, several of them, that their goal is not equality. Their goal is not to stop violence from the cops or abuse from the police. Their goal is the overthrow, the complete abolition of the United States of America. And so constitutionally, I say I get the point that we got to be very careful of the heavy hand of government. But I also get the point that we cannot allow insurrection among us under the guise of, quote, the right to peacefully assemble. Now they think that means the right to protest. Then they think that means the right to violence. Then that means they think that's the right to burn and pillage and plunder and, you know, destroy public and private property and destroy business. They think it's all one and the same. The media negligent in this. But I say there's another side that's constitutional to this story. What do you make of all this, doctor? Well, it's a pretty broad subject. And indeed... There are limits and bounds to government, and indeed, they're using a time-tested, uh, ultimately, in many, many instances, has been successful in overthrowing society. Uh, I mean, you look back at the French Revolution, for example, or you look back at the Bolshevik Revolution, you look back at what's happened in, in China. I mean, all the things that have happened have used the same formula, and it's based upon the Marxist concept, which I don't believe originated with Marx, but was satanic in its origins. Of, of conflict, class conflict, uh, and, and there's what they do is they promote every instance of challenges. Now, you look in Germany, for example, in, in the 1920s and 30s, and, and what happened there was the development of a national police state that um, was there because, um, well, there's a whole raft of reasons why that, why that came up. But it was ultimately used to bring to power, through the vote, Adolf Hitler, who began very shortly after assuming power to rule by decree, which is really where we are in America today, right now. Uh, we have uh, governors and mayors and city councils and even even United States presidents ruling by decree, if you read what comes out of uh, 
executive orders lately. And, and this is a concerted effort to absolutely unseat everything we hold dear and cherish in the United States of America. And, uh, you know, I, 25 years ago, I, I wrote something, and I just looked it up while we, you were talking about. Um, let's see if I can find it here. Um, if this evidence that you've been citing is true, the audacity of those seeking to enshroud the world in global tyranny is beyond estimation. There is no innocence they would not violate. There is no virtue they would not corrupt. There is no purity they would hold sacred. There is no truth they would not smear. There is no principle they would not destroy. There is no life they would not take in their quest to perpetrate the crime of the ages that are destroying mankind's God-given agency, his freedom of choice, and his liberty. Okay, now, so that's a little paragraph out of something I wrote 25 years ago. But the fact of the matter is, that's where we are in America today. And, and we're caught in the middle of an overreaching government, a, a government that has followed a false path for so many years, it's, we, we can't even hardly document um, everything that's gone wrong. We have uh, violations of our baseline principles. We have the charter of the nation being set aside, the charter of each state being set aside, the limits and bounds of what government was intended to be and to preserve or to secure the blessings of liberty and God-given rights for mankind. And what we've done is we have assumed a false philosophy that has become America's new norm. And, and really, we need a restoration to the original foundation. And, and truly, um, the, the ideas of, of limits and bounds on the federal government we, we don't even have a clue where they are right now. And, and there uh, are instances of the, the president taking a action, which are wrong, but certainly the mayors and, and city councils of these cities that you've mentioned, most of them are, are Marxist revolutionaries in their own right. And, and I, I see... And that's why I'm calling this insurrections, and I think at some point the president has an obligation to do something because you literally have mayors that are kneeling in solidarity with these people. You have mayors that literally are... Uh, well, one, they're swearing an oath to office when they get elected, but then what they're doing is they're basically betraying that oath in office. They're literally partnering with these criminals. So is big business in terms of funding and so on. And well, you've got these, these leaders literally being part of this now. Indeed you do. It's like, I, I'm saying is that, that we have, because of our education system, because of our complacency because we're complicit because we're uh, you know basically you know there's two things i don't know and i don't care is what the attitude really is in america and it has been for decades but we are on a very 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 dangerous and slippery slope i mean you look at the, the states and cities that have accepted federal funding from everything from education to welfare for you know health and and uh, you know the uh, food and clothing and shelter to the issue of, of uh, fully automatic weapons and MRAP uh, tank-like vehicles. I mean, we have blurred the lines of where we should have been, and it, it needs a restoration, and perhaps we'll have a reset that way. But I see that uh, the way we're overstepping the bounds right now, I don't know as we have a statesman-like approach to this anywhere in America. I, I, I see a dearth. Now, there may be somebody somewhere that I'm not seeing that uh, that uh, has some wisdom on this thing, 
Well, there's people who get it, but their influence is virtually nil, such as yours and mine. Now, I'm not saying we don't make a difference. I'm just saying on the national stage, hey, we have a tough time even getting our word out. And because the people so are so indoctrinated with the propaganda over the last 30, 40, 50, whatever years, people don't even give what we say credence, really. I say the only solution to this is to turn back to God and to I repent. Agree with you. There's no other answer. And But yet people just go, oh, I'm not as religious as you are. That's the end of the discussion. Let, let's look at Article 4, Section 4, though, of the Constitution. The United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a Republican form of government. Okay, so this mobocracy that's going on, this anarchy that's going on, is a violation of that going on. And shall protect each of them against invasion and on application of the legislature or of the executive when the legislature cannot be convened against domestic violence. Okay, so Article 4, Section 4 outlines the uh, role and the formula, if you will, for the involvement of the national government. But I fear what's happening is that there are those seizing the, you, you remember, maybe you don't, General Haig, um, Alexander Haig back in the Reagan years, and we're in charge here kind of thing. No, they're not in charge here. They are not in charge. And, and for people to seize power, and I mean, it's which is worse, to follow Hitler or Stalin? Uh, the program is, is well defined, and, and we as Americans have stopped applying the formula. I mean, you look at World War II. I've had discussions with the generation of World War II people that, you know, the, the greatest generation, so-called, that, that say, oh, well, uh, Stalin was on our side. No, we were on his side. And we were the ones that entered the war on his behalf. But the fact of the matter is, well, they say, well, you know, a friend or an enemy, we go with our friend. Well, Stalin's arguably the worst mass murderer. I mean, I'm not sure you can say absolutely in all the 20th century. But the fact is, he was bad, too. It was wicked. And for us to go with wickedness, to, to violate the principle, to violate with the baseline charter... Who's right? If you violate it, you're destroying it also. So it's an enigma, but people need to go back to the original founding formula. Amen to Dr. Bradley. Hang tight, ladies and gentlemen. Liberty Roundtable live in seconds on your radio. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues that affect the American West, its people, lifestyles, lands, and wildlife. The Loving Liberty Radio Network is proud to support the publisher's efforts to provide an active forum for solutions that preserve the vanishing American cowboy, farmer, and sheep herder. Each issue contains informative articles on life in the American West, along with breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of the cowboy spirit in our day. Each issue of Range Magazine also features great gift ideas, like the 2020 Real Buckaroo Calendar and the book Tales from Out There. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Just click on the shopping cart. The Loving Liberty Radio Network salutes the spirit of the American West and those who are keeping it alive at Range Magazine. 
Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3 founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. All right, Dr. Bradley. So, uh, you know, I get that we have the right to peacefully assemble. I also get that government has a right to defend itself. I also get that there's checks and balances. And you know what? The federal government should not be involved in the state's local affairs. At the same time, I say when the state's local affairs are run off the rails to the point where the elected officials uh, literally violate their oaths of office. And constitutionally, as you just read, Hey, it, to some degree, the federal government is charged with saying, hey, not the national government. That's out of control. The federal government has a legitimate role to say, hey, we're guaranteeing to each state a Republican form of government. And when you have insurrectionists, whether they are domestically grown or foreign brought in or both and funded by, in my opinion, enemy money, enemy fake Federal Reserve notes. That's a whole nother topic. Um at some point, there's an obligation there, is there not? Well, I think we've got to go back and read the formula again. Um, on application of the legislature or of the executive when the legislature cannot be convened against domestic violence. Now, see, they, we've had this problem in this land, and it's been throughout the world for generations and even millennia probably. But in the back in the days uh, prior to the U.S. Constitution, you know, they kind of moved the capital city around a little bit and and, uh, and said, you know, okay, we're going to have it here in Philadelphia for a while. Let's go over to New York for a while and everything. And, and what was happening was that there were threats of violence even against the, uh, the national government, the, the federal government. And we can discuss that at length if you want sometime. But the fact of the matter is um, there – they said, no, wait, wait, wait. We've we got to have a place where the federal government does and is able to protect the, the national government, if you will, and, and basically make sure that they're not a target of local citizens for whatever cause of unrest that they have. And so in Article 1, Section 8, Clause 17, they had this exclusive uh, legislation over the District of Columbia. And it's, it's 10 miles square, so it's, it's 100 square miles, do the math, it's 64,000 acres. Okay, now what we've done in America today is we have put federal territory everywhere across the nation. And it's very specific. It tells you exactly how many acres the United States has ascendancy over. And then it has, you know, if they, with the you know, permission of the states, you can get forts and magazines and arsenals and dockyards and other needful buildings. But what we've done is we've put a huge national footprint out there 
that was never intended by the founding fathers. We have been on this path for so long, and now we've got turf. We, the national government, has turf to protect in every city, county, and state, it seems like. And, and that was never the intention. And, and so we're off the rails in so many different ways. And, and I say, yes, there's, there's problems. But we have a militia, for example, in each state. That, well, that, well, Utah, for example, has a constitutional responsibility for a militia. And it is not the National Guard. Okay? Now, there, there are times when people have to intervene. But, but to bring the federal government in, I think, is, is pretty dangerous. There may be pitched battles. I don't know in some of these communities. It's pretty dangerous, but again, the militia, which is the answer, or a sheriff's posse, whatever you want to call it, um, you know, at what point can the militia act? And what point, if you've got rogue leaders in the mix that won't have the militia act, uh, at what point, if there's a breakdown, see, there's a breakdown in every check and balance, there's a breakdown in every constitutional system, uh, except for the ones that they want that destroy the country. So they say, we have the right to peacefully assemble. You don't have the right to be dictators. You... And, but yet, at the same time, all the real mechanisms for solutions um, are broken. An example is, hey, you could take some of these people, put them before a jury, and you could say, hey, you know what? You don't have the right to destroy cop cars. You don't have the right to burn buildings. You don't have the right to beat up cops and, and you know, throw homemade Molotov cocktails. You don't have the right. To, and a fully informed jury could judge these people and put criminals away. And a militia could back or a sheriff's posse could back. Uh, law enforcement in, in an appropriate way to say we don't support this. Citizens could get together and, and, and basically impeach or recall their mayors and some of these leaders that have betrayed us. There's a lot of remedies. But number one, the people don't really know about any of them. And number two, government officials won't let any of them happen. The second you talk about a militia, hey, then the military will come in and shut down the militia. Uh, all I'm telling you is we've got a problem on our hands. Well, it's, well maybe, maybe it's a fortuitous thing. And then that sounds, whoa, 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 wait a minute. There is a time for a reset, perhaps. And Jefferson talked about these things, and Tucker talked about these things. Uh, we sometimes have to get to the point where we need to understand. Now, I'm really concerned. I'm really concerned about the lack of understanding. We have dumbed down this nation to the point that virtually nobody, I, I can talk to the highest levels of government. You know, Look at the the quote-unquote greatest Supreme Court justice we've got. Look at the executive branch. Look at our legislative branch. I do not see anybody that has a grasp on our baseline principles. And, and we, the people, have a responsibility, ultimately and finally. You look at the Utah Constitution, the legislative powers held by the legislature and the people of Utah. But, but you look at Utah's Constitution again. Now, everybody's got to look at their own Constitution. Uh, in Utah's Constitution, Article 15, Section 1, the militia shall consist of all able-bodied male inhabitants of the state between the ages of 18 and 45, except as are exempted by law. Now, see, there's, they, you can be exempted from mental or physical capacity or something like that. And then Section 2 says the legislature shall provide by law for the organization, equipment, and discipline of the militia, which shall conform as nearly as practical to the regulations for the government of the armies of the United States. Okay, so so our legislature in Utah for 125 years has had this in the Constitution and completely ignored it. They have 
Um, it, it, this was established in, you know, 1895 when it was written. In 1896, Utah became a state. But, but here's the deal. We, the people, have failed to apply these constitutional solutions that have been all along. And maybe, just maybe, it's time for a wake-up call. I, I look at uh, Article 1, Section 27 in the Utah Constitution. Now, you, Article 1 is basically a restating of the Bill of Rights in numerous different ways. Uh, so it, the Utah's Constitution has the Bill of Rights in Article 1. But Section 27 says frequent recurrence to fundamental principles is essential to the security of individual rights and the perpetuity of free government. So we haven't been recurring to these fundamental principles. We have abandoned them completely. And Utah is probably one of the worst states in the nation. I believe that virtually any, everybody at the head of this government should be removed from government appropriately, not by force and power, but they should be removed because of oath of office violations and implementing tyranny upon this state. But, but we, we, the people, don't recur frequently to these fundamental principles. And maybe, just maybe, it's time for us to double down on understanding the baseline principles of the limits and bounds of government. And, of course, it does not, none of these amendments, wh whether you're talking about the Article One of, of the Utah Constitution or, or uh, Amendment 1 of, of the United States Constitution, it, it doesn't allow for individuals to take up arms against the government, against the people, against uh, liberty and all the cause of everything that we hold dear. We do have uh, the right of the people to peaceably assemble. We do have the right to petition the government for redress of grievances. We do not have a right to take up arms and, and bring about the overthrow of the government. Well, well, and that's where the line's being drawn. There is a talk written by or given by Ezra Taft Benson. It's called A Witness and a Warning. And if you want to find it, folks, go to the Church of Jesus Christ.org and you can learn about it and search for A Witness and a Warning. But here is a little excerpt from that talk. No nation which has kept the commandments of God has ever perished. Let me say that again. This is important to understand because it's the key to solutions in America, okay? No nation which has kept the commandments of God, has ever perished. And then he says this, But I say to you that once freedom is lost, only blood, human blood, will bring it back. There are some things we can and must do at once if we are to stave off a holocaust of destruction. First, we must return to worship the God of this land, who is Jesus Christ. He has promised that the righteous shall be preserved by his power. All right? But we must keep the commandments of God. We must pay our tithes and offerings. We must keep the Sabbath day a holy day. We must stay morally clean, be honest in all our dealings, and have our family and personal prayers. We must live the gospel of Jesus Christ. Second, we must awaken to the sense of our awful situation. I'll get the details and then have Dr. Bradley and Kirk Crosby both respond. Your daily Liberty Newswire. 
You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. As negotiations continue on Capitol Hill on another COVID-19 relief package, Republican U.S. Senator Ted Cruz of Texas says there's a major divide between the GOP and Democrats. For one thing, Cruz says extending the $600 a week supplemental jobless benefits, as is being called for by House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, would be too much since it gives people more than most people earn in their regular jobs. The only objective Democrats have is to defeat Donald Trump. And they've cynically decided the best way to defeat Donald Trump is shut down every business in America, shut down every school in America. Republicans are to detail their proposal for a new relief bill today. Late congressman and civil rights icon John Lewis will be lying in state at the U.S. Capitol today and tomorrow. There will be an invitation-only arrival ceremony for his casket this afternoon. And this is USA Radio News. Balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule. Changing the world one life at a time. Balance of nature, it's the greatest thing in the world. I can't imagine where I'd be without it. You know, I, I feel 20 years old again, and I want to continue to stay in shape. I understand the oversaturation in the market and the resulting cynicism that people have, but balance of nature works for anybody and everybody. And as much as it's a today product, it's a product for the future for me. I am the most satisfied customer in the world. I don't know what I would do without it. Don't wait to see what getting over 10 servings of whole fruits and vegetables every day can do for you. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Start your journey to better health today by calling 1-800-2468-751 or by going to balanceofnature.com. Again, that's balanceofnature.com. And make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code USA. Investors pushing the price of gold to an all-time high as rising diplomatic tensions between the U.S. and China have them scrambling for safe havens. Gold rose past $1,920 a share earlier today, higher than the previous record set back in 2011. Hollywood is mourning the passing of a big screen legend. Olivia de Havilland was 104. Her career began in 1935, spanning over five decades from Hollywood's golden age of cinema through 1988. President Trump now declining the New York Yankees' invitation to throw out the first pitch before a game on August 15th. The president tweeting yesterday that because he's focused on the coronavirus and the economy and has scheduled meetings on vaccines coming up, he simply won't be able to make it. Tom Hanks and his wife, actor and singer Rita Wilson, are now officially Greek citizens. And this is USA Radio News. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. We're talking about a God-fearing or a godless society, ladies and gentlemen. No nation which has kept the commandments of God has ever perished. But I say to you that once freedom is lost, only blood, human blood will win it back. Ezra Taft Benson, in his incredible talk, a witness and a warning. It was given back in 1979, ladies and gentlemen. So what's that, 40 years ago? All right, he then says this, it is well to ask, what system established secret works of darkness to overthrow, overthrow nations by violent revolution? Who blasphemously proclaimed the atheistic doctrine that God made us not, huh? 
Answer, communism, socialism, tyranny. It's all the same, but different roads to get there. One sounds different than the other, makes you feel different. One's peaceful, one's forceful, one's, but in the end, it's godless versus God-fearing. He then finishes and says, there's you know things we must do. We must reject communism and this socialism and this tyranny. We must turn to God. And you know what? We've got to elect good leaders. And if we don't take our duty seriously, we're in serious trouble. This was a witness and a warning from God through, I believe, Ezra Tab Benson 40 years ago. You can ignore it, but when you see the things he said then and you see what's happening now, it is shocking, Dr. Bradley. Well, indeed. And, and he was quoting in that uh, the cost of liberty is blood, human blood. Another great spiritual leader that was also another Secretary of State, and that was J. Reuben Clark, Jr. And indeed, that has been the history of the world. And in fact, I, I go back and I look at, uh, well, you look at Second Chronicles, the chapter 36. Second uh, Chronicles was kind of the cliff notes of, of what was going on. It very briefly states that the Lord had, had put the people in captivity for their unwillingness to live the law of the Sabbath. They were in captivity for 70 years because of that. You go back to the 25th chapter of Leviticus, and, of course, that's on our liberty bell, if you will, you know, about proclaim liberty throughout the land. It outlines the law of the Sabbath. You look at the Ten Commandments. The fact that I think about that, there's a – your listeners ought to go and find – back in 1954, David Nivett produced a a little TV – excerpt it was on tv it's only 25 minutes long when you know when you take the commercials out uh called the answer and they had all of the wise men of the world that were trying to stave off uh, a holocaust of the world that would have destroyed all of civilization and they had just a brief period of time to do that they put all the wisdom of all the wise men and all the world into a computer and and the computer spit out the answer and the answer to to, to not destroy civilization there were 10 really short, brief statements, and it turns out they were the Ten Commandments. It's really kind of an interesting spin on this thing. We have the formula. We have the way to do it. We, this idea of no other gods before me and all, all of these things, you go through the Ten Commandments. You can do it as well as I can do it. And there's, at any rate, people need to understand that God has ordained, he's revealed, and he is set forth a formula for our peace, our freedom, and our happiness. And we have abandoned that principle. And, and Sam, you pointed out the fact <laughs> that people say, oh, I'm just not as religious as you. Okay, fine. Maybe you need to do some investigation about how this good and noble and wonderful land was brought about, how all of the happiness that's come along has been based upon a formula that God established because we're his children. He knows us. He knows how we can be happy. He has order in his universe, and he has the formula for helping his children be happy. And we've quit doing that. And I really believe that he ordained the United States Constitution. I, I think he raised up wise men to, for that very purpose, and, and he inspired them. And they thought so, too, because, I mean, we can quote after quote after quote the statements they made. But we've abandoned all of this. And, and so we are muddling around in the muck, out in the pigsty, and, and every single formula that's out there, it makes me so frustrated when people say, like they say to you, oh, I'm not as religious as you. Oh, well, I'm going to try this. Or I'm going to try that. It's like, here's a formula that has worked every time it's been applied. And every time we do it, I mean, whether you're looking at ancient Israel 
or you're looking at modern America. And by the way, uh, Americans in the founding era considered themselves to be a modern Israel. And I'm not talking about the modern state of Israel. I'm not talking about a Jewish state. I'm talking about a covenant people that was made with Abraham, passed through Isaac, and on to Jacob, and has 12 sons. And the covenant that was made to come into the promised land, when Moses was leading the people out in the wilderness, they had the covenant to obey God's commandments in order to possess the promised land. Modern state of Israel did not do that. The United States felt like they were trying to replicate that. In the beginning, when this, this nation was established, in making a covenant with God. And, and there's just so many things we could discuss. I know time is always limited. The people felt they were a modern Israel that had covenanted with God on the land of promise, if you will, that became the greatest, freest, strongest, most happy, most prosperous, most nation on earth, the most respected nation on earth, when it obeyed and tried to do the best it could. Sure, we're mortal. Sure, we've stumbled. Sure, we've had things we've had to correct. But the farther we've got from that original formula, the worse it's got. And today we are in danger. Literally, I had somebody the other day tell me that we're in for a civil war. And I, I asked him, I said, well, are you talking about, you know, this, this insurrection in the cities and the Black Lives Matter and all of these things? He said, no. I said, what is it then? He says, I think it's the masks. He said, I think that the, the people are using that as a measure of compliance and they're building animosity between those that wear and those that don't wear. There's an anger that's building, and they're open. Yeah, and this goes to this last week discussion about every fault line they can find topic, right? Every fault line. You're right, Sam, and, and that's the problem. We can unite under God a nation. I say this all the time. A nation on its knees petitioning God is the most wonderful, amazing, powerful sight on earth mortal side, I guess I should say, because God's pretty awesome. But the fact of the matter is, if if we the people will return to the God that granted us our breath, our lives, and in fact our liberty, and if, if you look at how Christ himself introduced himself in his hometown, go to the uh, fourth chapter of, of Luke and read when he read out of the 61st chapter of Isaiah, it was liberate the captive. When Isaiah was speaking messianically, he talked about the fact that, that you know, who's, here's what the Messiah is going to do. And Christ came to his hometown in Nazareth and said, this is fulfilled today. I'm here. I'm to liberate the captive and to heal and all. And, and that's how he introduced himself. That's how fundamental these things are to everything about our Savior and his mission. And, and the problem is in America we have turned our back on these things. Every gift he has given us. We keep thinking, oh no, 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 no! I'm gonna, I'm gonna try something different. I'm gonna, yeah. I mean, uh, fidelity in marriage, no. Uh, honor thy parents, whatever, no. That's not the Sabbath day. Forget it. It's a holiday. It's not a holy day. All of these things have fundamentally been set aside by the nation. Now, I, I'm not saying everybody. There, I, as I've told you so many times, have traveled this nation from Florida to Alaska and Washington the Golden Gate Bridge, so many times I love and know America and its people. But what has happened is that the preeminent things, it's an age of the anti-hero. We look to people that have no fundamental sound foundation, and we put them in high office. 
Yes, we do. The leadership is one of the great problems we face. Kurt, do you want to chime in on this? Well, I'm just trying to figure out what to add. Uh, you know, I'd love to come up with some, uh, you know, some good news, uh, some, um, you know, I, some refreshing moments. I mean, but uh, I got know, the best news of all. Liberty Roundtable is alive and on the air and able to teach these principles and and work on talking about them. And we haven't been shut down yet. That's really good news. That is good news. There's always I hope when we can work on the more. solutions, right? Yes, you know, and um, you know. I, I often talk to they communicate with me, people, they say, well, what do you believe about this? What do you believe about that? And it's like, I've got like 700 videos out there on current events on, on my website, Freedom's Rising Sun. And I, I got a call, I mean, not a call, it was an email, uh, uh, Sunday morning, actually, from, from somebody that says, well, what about blah, blah, blah? And I said, huh. Go to this. I, I, I put the link to the video. I said, here, I've addressed that. And, and it, it, here's the problem. People are not seeking these things out. And I admonished the person to do research, some consideration on these issues, blah, 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 and gave them some fundamental things. They're available to anybody to do. But people are too blasted lazy to spend a little bit of gray matter time on these things, and they, they think that there's a... Oh, there's a simple solution. Yeah, the, the solution is simple, but you're unwilling to implement it. That's what I, I usually find with most Americans. All right, hang tight, everybody. I got another piece of good news a little bit <clears throat> for you. Because Kurt's searching for good news, and I agree. We've got a few stories from Kurt coming up, too. Hang tight. This is the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. I'd advise Mr. Trump to stop whining and go try to make his case to get votes. The press has created a rigged system. They even want to try and rig the election. Well, I tell you what, it, it helps in Ohio that we got uh, Democrats in charge of the machines. And poisoned the mind of so many of our voters. At the polling booths, where so many cities are corrupt and voter fraud is all too common. And then they say, oh, there's no voter fraud in our country. I come from Chicago. So, so I want to be honest. It's not as if it's just Republicans who have monkeyed around with elections in the past. Sometimes Democrats have to. You know, whenever people are in power, they're, you know, they have this tendency to try to, you know, tilt things in their direction. There's no one. You start whining before the game's even over. Whenever things are going badly for you and, and you lose, you start blaming somebody else. And you don't have what it takes to be in this job. Hi, I'm Patty, wife of former Congressman Steve Stockman. In Congress, Steve sought impeachment of Eric Holder for his corruption of the Justice Department and his fast and furious gun running that caused border agent Brian Talley's death. Steve called for arrest of Lois Lerner for her contempt of Congress as it investigated her targeting of conservative nonprofit groups. After four years, four grand juries, and millions of tax dollars, Steve Stockman is in prison. His case involved four checks to nonprofits. DOJ has one standard for Hillary Clinton, but another for folks like President Trump and my husband. 
We've spent all our savings, all Steve's retirement, and much of mine. Steve Stockman has fought for you and America. Won't you join me now to fight for Steve? To help, text FIGHT to 444-999. Text F-I-G-H-T to 444-999 or go to DefendAPatriot.com. DefendAPatriot.com. All right, Kurt wisely brought up, you know, I sure wish I had good news to bring to the table, and he does, by the way. Remember that Liberty Roundtable Live, folks, is Solutions Radio. We never leave you hopeless. Remember that God teaches clearly. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and shall repent and return from their wicked ways, he will bless us, protect us, and heal our land. That is great news. And Liberty Roundtable Live is highlighting that reality. Certainly, we're waking up to the awful situation that we face. We need to do that and highlight that so that we can change. But understand that no nation that has kept the commandments of God has ever perished. That's great news, folks. It is well to ask what system established secret works of darkness. It's communism and godlessness. And we need to return to our God. That's the answer. But the good news is this. Walmart and Home Depot... And other retailers are now starting to walk back face mask mandates. They say they will serve maskless customers. Quickly, Dr. Bradley, and then Kurt. Holy cow. To start. It's like victory when they, in the massive effort to destroy our liberty. And, oh, my goodness, that is wonderful news. <laughs> I, I know it's not enough. I get it. But it's a start. And I think it's good, honest people pushing back to say, listen. You know what? You can encourage masks. I get it. If you believe in them, fine. But mandating, it's out of control. And I agree. It's another fault line that we would do well to back away from. And I would say good for Walmart, good for Home Depot, good for other retailers. Next piece of good news. Kurt wants to tell you about a Yale epidemiologist. Quote, Trump drug could save 100,000 lives. Physicians urge governments to stop blocking access to uh, hydroxychloroquine, is that how you say it, Kurt? That's correct, Sam. Yep, that's right. And, uh, you know, I I agree with you. Uh, in my opinion, the best part of the news is the fact that the God of heaven is in his heaven. He's in charge of things. He's given us the Ten Commandments and um, other direction. If we follow him, wow, it's amazing if we don't. We're in trouble, but um, like you say, this uh, World Net Daily piece says Yale epidemiologist Trump drug, you know, in other words, the one that the president pointed out uh, was a solution. Then, of course, everybody had to oppose him, but he says could save 100,000 lives. Physicians urge government to stop blocking hydroxychloroquine, and I guess you could say uh, urge the swamp or the insiders or whatever, but... Man, I'll tell you what, there's opposition to good uh, everywhere, isn't there? Yes, we also talked about Dr. Bartlett speaking out and doing a great job from Texas, too. That's good news. And if we were to listen to him, we might gain a lot of ground, Kurt. Couldn't agree more, Sam. Here's a good doctor from West Texas, um, you know, flyover country. So, of course, uh, the mainstream media is not going to cover him, but he 
basically points out why in the world are we doing the treatments as we are uh, he says if i go in and do a biopsy and i find some cancer in breast tissue or whatever i'm not going to leave it there and say well we'll see you when you get to stage four you know he says hey i'm going to take care of it right then and yet the standard treatment for the covid thing is uh hey if you test positive you better go home uh quarantine with your family in other words infect them really good wait till you're really really sick and then maybe we'll have a hospital bed for you but it's good because you know, we have I mean, a ton of ventilators you know it's just nuts he says he's right uh, but he's anyway, spot on. that's on, a good on news the, piece too amen to that uh, on the walmart thing uh, the only thing i saw on the walmart mask thing was uh drudge having a headline like this it says walmart bans nazi face masks so uh, I don't know, you know, uh, then you got the woman, uh, Mesa's couple for bare face in park. So like you say, I guess that's part of the, um, civil war when well, you start getting maced in the park. You know, you know Dr. Bradley, I have told people, I, I just say, look at me when I don't have a mask on and I say, how do you like my mask? And they, you know, some are just dumbfounded cause they just see me and no mask and others are like, well, looks as ugly as you always are or whatever else they, if they come up with a great comment or whatever. But I look at it and I say, and here's my response to them when they kind of don't understand. I say, you know, how do you like my mask? And I'm just, you know, my normal self. And then I say, you know, God gave it to me. And it's otherwise if, you know, I'd look like you if God may, gave me your mask. Right, Scott? <laughs> well, they wouldn't want that for me anyway. Uh, yeah, no, but the, the point is God gave us a face. He didn't feel the need. I mean, he could have put a mask on everybody. You think he just forgot that part or what? You think he just got all busy and got confused and sent us all down without the mask? Hey, how come you dumb people on the earth when they were handing out masks, you're like, ignore it. You know, you didn't raise your hand or what? I mean, I don't get it. But this is what we've fallen for, that you got to have a man-made mask just to exist. Uh, It's a lie. Anyway, I digress. There's another good news story. Kurt wants to tell you about a police officer uh, that's off duty in New York. Well, that's right. The headline uh, from Breitbart says, Police, colon, off-duty New York cop saves woman trapped under Marina Dock. You know, and I don't, I don't think he nice said you have your mask to, on, ma'am. I don't think he did that. No, he didn't. Um, yeah, he, he did good, uh, you know, good Samaritan work, and yet, um, you know, hardly anybody gets to hear about a story like this, you know. Uh, and yet uh, Breitbart brings it forward. Yeah, know, and this is the police and, officer doing a good job, too. They don't want to tell you that because then you can't be so angry and hate the police at every turn, right? That's exactly right. Good point. All right. Two a- final stories. old woman, by the way. Um, well, good for her. You know, that was needing some help. I'm glad she got saved there. The There's two stories about religion to end on. Kurt will highlight them. Dr. Bradley will comment on them. First one says this. California churches. Defy governor's order to close, Kurt. Well, yeah, Sam. I mean, there's some of these California churches that are actually thinking, hey, uh, this isn't fair. Uh, I mean, imagine that going on in America. I mean, you know, that does sound pretty yeah, way Yeah, give the rest of the headline. Uh, um, <laughs> you know, I remember this one. I'm just trying to find it for sure. It's on the uh, 22nd group. Is that right? California um, churches defy governor's order to close indoor operations they say quote we have a first amendment right to worship yeah i mean imagine that you know they're just saying hey uh 
I saw one other one that kind of goes with it. it says, hey, man, we can keep the casinos open, but the churches, that's a different story, you know what I mean? I mean and it's, it's kind of crazy. more of the same, ladies and gentlemen, but it does highlight how serious this is. The next story says Jesus matters. Yep. Black Christian pours paint over BLM mural in uh, New York City. We're going to take our country back by any means necessary. It's a World Net Daily piece, and it's uh, nice to see the Christians waking up a little bit, you know. Dr. Bradley? You know, I, you're looking for good news, and, and I'm going to say, no, ain't it awful, but it turned out okay, because the things went with God. Go back and read in Second Kings about the Sennacherib's uh, siege of, of Jerusalem and how Ain't it awful there, what was going on? I mean, they were eating uh, pigeon poop. I mean, and people were eating their own kids. I mean, it was horrid. But but the the Lord intervened when the people humbled themselves. Now, now it isn't that bad in America yet. We've got a lot of ain't it awfuls to talk about. You've brought out a few good things that are happening out there that are wonderful to hear. But I'm telling you, we haven't seen anything yet in comparison to some of these uh, historical issues that have happened when the people have turned from God. But when they turn back, he is a just, he is a merciful, he's a loving God, and he will embrace us again. And I look at, even with Hezekiah, if you look at the 20th chapter of Second Kings, where, where he was sick to death. I mean, not, I mean he was, he was uh, ordained. Isaiah told him, you're going to die, man. And then uh, Hezekiah turned to the board and he said, look, I'm trying to do the best I can. I've tried to be obedient. I've tried to walk in your ways. Uh, please let me help my people. And God gave him 15 more years. So some of these things that owing it awful in America today, <clears throat> we can find things that are owing it awful a whole bunch worse in history. And when people turn their hearts to the right way, there was an outpouring of love from heaven that allowed, I mean, you know, you look at Sennacherib's people, I mean, I don't know, there was 185,000 of them got, got wiped out, boom, gone, overnight. And, uh, and the siege of Jerusalem was, was raised. This is uh, just a miraculous kind of thing. We have, in a way, a siege going on today. We, and and honest, honestly, I'm very disappointed in many of the large institutional churches that are basically becoming facilitators of government policy that have bowed the knee and said, we are going to fall. And then here we have some of these little ones out there that, like you just mentioned in California, no, we're, we're going to exercise our God-given right to worship our God. And others are saying, no, no, we're instruments of the government. We're going to follow that. That is so disappointing to me. When churches fail to take the leadership role, when those that are to be our spiritual leaders, our shepherds, if you will, and, and maybe there's other voices out there, I we're talking about following God, not letting anybody get between us and God. Why aren't we doing that? And I just hope that there'll be faith restored in this nation to the point that we can start stepping up our our whole performance on every level and follow God and ultimately and finally restore the foundation that we were built on. So, yeah, there's good news. but uh, There was a whole bunch of bad news in the past, but God intervened when the people changed their ways and I, I'm sick to death of, of institutional religions that are unwilling to say this is the formula. The war in heaven continues on earth, ladies and gentlemen. It is an epic battle over the sacred principle of agency. Will you be able to choose for yourself or will you be forced? 
and the wearing masks right this second is at the very center of that debate. Will you be able to choose for yourself as you think best, or will you be forced by a tyrannical agenda? Um, and you know what? That's just one fault line in this epic battle continued on earth. And it's really between God and Satan, and you and I are in the middle. And who are the Lord's side? Who are you on? And if you're on the Lord's side, it's time to double down and start to turn to him and repent, oh, all of us. Uh, you know, leprosy is a loathsome disease. I mean, it's worse than COVID, I bet. You're rot from the inside out. But you know, when the Savior came upon lepers, he put his hands on them, he healed them, he loved them, and they, they went on their way rejoicing. And, you know, I, I would just love to have institutions, churches, say, you know what? We believe in faith. We believe in the power of God. We believe that we can be healed and carried forth. And, and this idea that we've got to have rubber gloves on and a mask to interact with each other, it's not godly. And in fact, way, this social distancing is one of the most antisocial things ever perpetuated. But, but, they're, but what they are is measurement tools of compliance. And we're moving towards the big compliance issue, the mandatory um, uh, vaccination, which, in fact, they'll say, oh, we're not going to make you do it. But you can't travel. You can't buy groceries. You can't go to school. You, you can't see your senator or congressman unless you get this. And, and we're on that path, and we're complying horribly as a nation. Work hard yourselves, ladies and gentlemen, and pray, and God will prosper our efforts is the only thing I can say. For Sam Kurt and the good doctor, Dr. Scott Bradley, remember, freedomsrisingsun.com. Hundreds of videos on constitutional and educational topics from the good doctor available free at your fingertips. Spread the word. Tell your neighbor. Get involved. Make time. Isn't it about time? Freedomsrisingsun.com. For Sam Kurt and Dr. Scott Bradley, we declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. <laughs> <laughs>